The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning to all of you, my listeners in the United States and around the world. This is Good Morning New York. I am your host, Vince Rocco, and we are coming to you live from Blastoff Productions in New York City as usual. While his million-dollar listing New York colleagues have been purchasing splashy penthouses in Manhattan, Douglas Elliman broker Luis Ortiz has gone the rental route, renting a two-bedroom pad at the Moynihan Group Sky Building here in Manhattan. Ortiz took a 970-square-foot apartment at the building located at 605 West 42nd Street. Asking rent was $6,500 a month, that according to the New York Post. Peanuts. Moynihan <laughs> 70, I know, really. Moynihan 71-story, 1,175-unit building in Hell's Kitchen was completed last year and is being marketed by Bold New York. The building is packed with amenities including indoor pool and outdoor pool, a pet spa, a regulation basketball court, a Turkish bath, and a bike valet. Ortiz joined both Douglas Elliman and the Bravo Show Million Dollar Listing New York in 2013. One of real estate's most dynamic power couples has parted ways, at least professionally. Elizabeth Lee Sample and Brenda Powers will no longer work together at Sotheby's International Realty. Yeah, that shocked me. After Powers opted to jump to startup brokerage Compass, Powers confirmed all of this last week. Powers will now split her time between New York and Miami, She said she was moving to Compass to help expand her business across the country and would be teaming up with Joanna Berg, a former colleague from the Miami office of Sotheby's, who is also moving to Compass. Julia Roberts snagged a ranch-style house on more than an acre of land in the Point Doom area of Malibu in California in an off-market deal for $6.84 million. It almost seems like it's not a lot of money. It's a studio in New York. (laughs) Don't rub it in. (laughs) The property sits directly across the street from her longtime Malibu residence, the LA Times reports. The nine-room home is surrounded by large lawns, gardens, and trellis-top sitting area. The entrance is guarded by a gated motor court. Now, there you have it. the property was listed two years ago for $7.85 million, but it was taken off the market soon after, before the sale and had been in the process of foreclosure, according to property records. This is an interesting story. Tesla Motors, all of a sudden the, the be-all and end-all of, motor, uh, of, of automobiles, is set to anchor LiveWorks office conversion at 160 Van Brunt Street in Red Hook, marking the electronic car giant's first four-way foray into Brooklyn. This according mm. to the real deal. Tesla Exciting. in... Uh, Red Hook, interesting. Elon Musk's company signed a lease for a new showroom, office, and service center on the ground floor spanning roughly 40,000 square feet of a 98,650-square-foot property. The former home of the Golden Marine Terminal is now being converted into office destination for tech firms and startup. 
Startups asking rent at the building is $45 a square really foot. Smart, really smart. Driving community over there, so really smart. It's a big-time driving community, but Tesla Motors, hmm, interesting. We'll have to follow that story moving forward. Uh, Trinity Church nixes plans for a financial district condominium building. After years uh, of planning uh, and process, the church decided against building condos. The church has scrapped plans to build a condo tower over its ministry office in Lower Manhattan. The announcement marks the end of pretty of a pretty uneventful saga that included several rounds of conceptual renderings and a design competition for the job. The church's new plan is to build out a community center topped by offices, a development more in keeping with its mission. This according to The Real Deal. If all goes according to plan, the new development will stand 25 stories and will be 145,000 square foot building with 98,000 square feet or 10 floors of community space that will include classrooms, a gym, a formal meeting room, and a cafe. A housing, <clears throat> excuse me, nonprofit group is looking to build to bring 280 units of affordable housing spread out over two buildings on the Upper West Side. This, according to DNA Info, the West Side Federation for Senior and Supportive uh, Housing has revealed plans to demolish its existing homeless shelter at 149 West 108th Street and three city-owned parking garages on that street to make way for the new development. There isn't yet a breakdown of how the units will be spread out, but the highest brand of affordability. Four apartments will be 60% of area median income, and it will go lower from there on. The project has received the backing of the city's Department of Housing and Preservation Development, but it will require some zoning changes. And as a result, the plan will have to go through a uniform land use review procedure before construction gets underway. That isn't anticipated until the summer of next year, with construction work taking on an additional two years. And finally, the Academy Awards broadcast on Sunday was the lowest-rated Oscars in eight years, with 34.3 million viewers tuning into the event, which was broadcast on the ABC television network. It was the third lowest-rated Oscars since Nielsen started tracking viewership in the late 1970s. Uh, it's unclear. It's unclear if the movement to boycott the broadcast because of a lack of nominee diversity contributed to that slump. Uh, and, uh, and I have another theory. Sorry to cut you off. It's the best TV night on Sundays for all the series. You got four like new ones, Teg Togetherness, Girls, Vinyl. And billions I all at once. Vinyl, but yep. I yeah, think I haven't seen billions. I heard it's amazing. But billions. Vinyl's yes, you will love billions. I saw vinyl. Yes. Oh my god, is vinyl exactly. good? Check it out, guys. Yes. Everyone really? should yeah. check Vince it out. Especially you and it's it's our age. Well, I like you what's his name. Um, uh, uh, the tall guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever his name is, I just saw him on another talk show. But anyway, we'll get to that in a yeah. second. Um, and last, Broadway uh, shows grossed twenty million dollars during the week ended February twenty eighth. A four million dollar decline. From the week before. So what's happening to the Great White Way and what's happening to live uh, broadcast award shows? I mean, it seems to be a trend that people are stepping aside now. World's on fire, man. Well, what's going on? Well, actually, I don't know. Buy real estate. <laughs> buy real. It's, def, it's definite. No, I'll tell you about the Oscars, though, because, again, being a Los Angelino and many years ago when I was 18, I was blessed to be able to go to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I've and never I, been. I've been to all the others, but I've never been to the Oscars. And I've never been to the others. <laughs> it's it's so – I can't use the word boring, but you're sitting – you're not sitting at a table like you are at many of the other shows. You're sitting in a theater seat. It's very long. They really – 
whip you into, you must sit at this time, you can't stand at mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. And for us as audience members, I think what really bothered people, because it bothered me, and I found it a little boring this year, was I do like the way they had the idea that they're going to take you from the writing all the way through the production. That's how they did the awards. But having the script and the directions and everything on the screen, you're going, come on, come on, come on. And <laughs> and I don't know. It just kind of – You know of- what? I, I, I was I, – I, it's always – you know, the live, these live award shows are on. And, you know, I'm not a big lover of watching, you know, award shows. However, it is the Academy Awards, the 88th Annual Academy Awards, the Oscar Ceremony. All of Hollywood is out in their glory. It's fun to see everybody dressed up, et cetera. But I, I liked the format of the of the the presentation this year, going from scripting right through to production and whatever. Usually, it starts out with best supporting actress, and then all the boring awards in the middle, and then you go, you know, crest up again. But you know, I just think that I I, I don't know if if Hollywood is getting bored. I don't know if if just the the shows themselves need some kind of a shot in the arm. But it was horrendously boring, and I was up and down, in and out, tweeting, texting, doing whatever I was doing. I really only stuck it out because, and I've said this um, somewhere yesterday, I, I wanted to see Leo win. And he won. Did you see his speech? Yep. yep. And his speech incredible. was incredible. He's a classy guy. And, you know, I could have watched it on YouTube the next day or I yeah. could have watched it on the news. must have been exhausted the next day. I was tired. Yeah. But, but you know what? I was doing whatever I was doing. And I, I said, I'm ju- I want to see it live. I want to see him win this award because it's been years and years and years. He's an unbelievable actor. Unbelievable. You know, the movie, uh, you know. For uh, me, the whole diversity issue really was a distraction for me. I, I kind of, yeah, it too. was enough already. It turned it me off. It had to be mentioned, but I, it was way too much. I mean, I like Chris Rock, but he turned me off with his. He his, did a good job, I thought, at he, playing it safe. He did. But the issue that was in the air mm. and these random jokes about it mm-hmm. and then throwing in things, it just, to me, was poor taste. And it really creates more um, polarity and more of a separation between everybody. And that is the point that I think politics needs to get a handle on that. The more we talk about it and point it out, the more we're separated. So I stop totally, talking about it. I agree. Totally agree. It's, you know, it's actions speak louder than words. It's, it's the old expression. My dad used to say that to, to, to us when we were kids. Stop talking. In fact, I have a card that one of my partners gave me that he hands out to people that just says, stop talking. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you know, you're meeting with somebody, <laughs> yeah. it's a little business card. It says, stop, stop talking. talking. Yeah. And like, it's up in my office and it's right. It, it, it's displayed where I can see stop it. Stop talking and listen more. Stop well, talking and listen, but do. Mm-hmm. Actions speak yeah. louder than words. That's true. I, I was do. blessed to be able to see Hamilton this weekend because <gasps> I won the lottery. I wanted to ask $10 you about $10 each. Deborah. Each ticket. Oh, so that's what you did. Front row center. I really did. So oh, front really row. did. Front, that's, where the lo- that's where the lottery seats are in the front row for Hamilton. <clears throat> but they say, and it's a theme throughout the political show, uh, talk less, smile more. Mm-hmm. And it's a song and it's actually really? quite good. I saw it. Maybe your date. I went. It has to be the same oh. day. That's the how the lotteries go. Yeah, I was, was getting ready to Sunday meet some morning. friends out to dinner downtown mm-hmm. Saturday or whenever it was, and I saw it on Facebook, and I actually screamed out loud because I have been trying to get Hamilton tickets forever, and I'm not going to spend $450 or 500 bucks. Oh, it's more. The people or in the more. row behind me in the second row, I heard them talking, yeah. and because some of them had paid ahead of time, others got them through their hotel concierge, it was closer to 800 to to $1,000 a ticket. 
for these people who got you the know, preferential. And here I read a story I where believe here it. I read a story where we're down four million dollars from the week prior. So with the price of tickets or the cost of tickets, how on earth is this happening? Anyway, uh, I have a dear friend coming into town this coming weekend, and I have not seen Book of Mormon. We tried Hamilton, oh, and she oh. has. She has a connection to that show, and we still couldn't get house seats because the house seats are just as popular, probably. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go see Book of Mormon. I have not seen that in all these years, and I'm excited to see it because it's a great show, and, you know, it's hard to get anything else. You know what? We have friends who have done this, and we're going to do it in the next month or so. Um, It's still playing in Philadelphia. We are going to get – and you can get tickets. We're going to make a night of it, and we're going to stay over. We're going to get tickets for Book of Mormon. We're going to go out to dinner. We're going to see it there where we can get tickets because I haven't seen it either. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping that the seats are great. So we'll see what uh, yeah. what happens. But I'm looking forward to that. It should be a fun evening. You know, there's nothing, you know, if you live in this town and you work hard in this town, whatever, even, even out of towners, there's nothing like going to a great show on Broadway. And the flip side of that is when you go to a show and it's really bad, there's no excuse for bad theater. I've been saying this all of my life, no excuse for bad theater. So get it right. But when you get it right, it is so worth it. All right, we have to take a break. You are listening to Good Morning America on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now... 
back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back, and I'm talking to Rachel Altschuler from Douglas Elliman, uh, Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren from Compass. And we just expounded on our thoughts about uh, the Academy Awards and Broadway. And uh, as New Yorkers, we are all uh, very um, supportive of our friends on on the stage. All right, I have a question, and, and the reason I asked this question is because it came up in my business just the other day. Um, and the question is, may a seller or purchaser contact the attorney on the other side of a deal? And, you know, and, and just 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 because, you know, people out there, you know, in the United States and around the world who don't do, you know, typical New York um, real estate transactions that use attorneys, you know, people get very exuberant and very excited and very crazy sometimes in a deal. And so when they don't get a fast answer, they want to just pick up the phone and call anybody on either side of the deal. So, you know, somebody asked me the other day, you know, can a seller or a purchaser, you know, contact the attorney on the other side of the deal? And mind you, you know, they have their own attorney. So what do we think about that? Okay. Everyone, everyone seems to be upset about this. <laughs> you know, you always have We're to. We're counting on yeah. you to give us the right. Exactly, the you have way. to follow the right, uh, I guess, order of operations and understand who's yeah protocol and who who's your fiduciary. And if you have an attorney, um, I, I personally don't understand why you would reach out to it unless your attorney is utterly incompetent. If that's the case, then you speak to your broker, you get recommendations for another attorney, and then you fire your attorney. Um, I had a situation once where I had a listing. The um, the it was a co-op, and the the buyer called me in a panic because she realized it was a co-op and there was a big board uh, package, uh, and she said, "Look, you know, I'm not putting all this together." My broker said that you know this is how it this is how it is, and it's a co-op, and then I have to do it. I'm calling you to say I'm not going to do it. And I said, "Look, this is a co-op." You're going to have to follow it. You already put down the 10%, and I recommend that you speak to your broker from here on out. That's really all I can tell you. You're on the hook. The package has to be submitted. Please call your broker. Um, and then I informed the broker that you know their their client had reached out to me and uh, and, and just followed protocol that way. I mean, there's not really much more that I can say, and I'm, I'm curious as to what your situation, Vince, and why someone feels that it's appropriate to, to cut out well, their own attorney. Th- th- this was one of my agents who asked me the question the other day, but I'm going to give you, um, <laughs> and because they feel like the other side isn't, isn't working fast enough, but I'm going to give you a personal story. I was in Connecticut in the month of August last summer for the entire month, and I had, I don't know, four deals going on at the same time that month. And I was representing the seller, okay? So I was the listing agent, and I was representing the seller. And um, she was a friend she is no longer a friend but if the deal went completely in the wrong direction Oof. but my comment is that she was so upset with the buyer side of the deal with the buyer who was an absolute i'm gonna say idiot <laughs> and his attorney who was a great man the attorney is a great man and he's somebody that i refer to all the time he just happened to I just happened to inherit him on the other side of this deal just quite by by whatever. Anyway, so my seller didn't think that we, her own team, were do was doing enough to get this buyer to do what the buyer needed to do. So she actually picked up the and I didn't hear about this until about a week or two later. She actually picked up the phone and called the buyer's attorney and started yelling at him and asking him, why is this buyer acting the way he is? Why is he dragging his feet? How come the mortgage hasn't gone through yet? What about and the buyer's attorney, again, who's a friend of mine who I refer a lot, called me about a week later because he knew I was away and said, listen, I just want to give you a heads up. 
I said, well, what did you say to her? He said, I said nothing to her. I said, you need to call your attorney and he will fill you in. So, you know, people get too excited, good or bad it sometimes. Happens. It happens. This is why the deal sheet should not go to the seller. Yes. Or the buyer. That's the deal right. sheet should yeah. go to the attorneys yeah, I was because say, that's I agree. how they well, know who to call. Well, yeah. let, well but, let me but let me ask you that because that's a very good point. Yeah. I never send it to a buyer or a seller. Neither do I. But, never. Uh, I've never done that. I just got asked to actually But send her one. attorney sent it to her. I've been asked many her. times. I say no. Her attorney big sent it to mistake. her. mistake. And that is a big slap on the tushy for the attorney. Yeah. And, and, and he the, sent it, it to her because- It also has the seller's information. So buyer right. could just call seller and be like, well, I'm not doing this. And yeah. then, that's, then you, yes. that's how you screw up deals. Yeah. Do you remember the day we were in the gym in oh, Connecticut yeah. and I was oh, yeah. screaming on the phone, oh, yeah. waiting for you doing whatever? Oh, and, heated, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. was one of the, the things that I had discovered. And yeah. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? He sent you the deal sheet, which in itself was- but then later I found out that you know she actually picked up the phone at one point to call the the buyer. Thank God she didn't call the buyer. What's interesting about that story is the friendship part of it because you just think because you're friends with somebody and oh my God, we should do a whole show on this, that they trust you more, that you know they have faith in you more, but it's actually not the case. I mean, it can go either way, but... It's not the case, and I think we've talked about this on the show, and we're certainly going to talk about. We have a, a a client of mine coming on in a couple of weeks, you know, and to really for the listening audience out there to understand the relationship that we all have or should have with our buyers and sellers, because you know, as we go through, and we say this all the time on this program, as we go through a real estate transaction in New York City, it's unlike any place else in the world, and the really the the number one factor that's going to make these deals work is our relationships with either the seller or the buyer that we're working with. Because if we don't have that relationship and bumps in the road occur, you're not going to win. I mean, you're it's just going to have a big that, problem. It's not only that, but the importance is also having a good relationship with the other broker. Because in Correct. all my years, I have never had a buyer or a seller go directly to the other side. But I've had certain brokers who are power happy, mm -hmm. and they really think that you know they're too cool for school. Mm -hmm. And they will contact the other side. Constantly. And they're all from the same company. And I know it's not the company teaching them that, but it really bothers me. It really – and they're on my S list. Yeah. So brokers, as a warning, if I have multiple offers and you are one of these people and you are one of them, I'm going to try to convince my seller not to take your offer. Well, there you have it. But like we said before on this show, you know, the relationship not only with our clients, buyers or sellers – or renters in some cases, but it's also with the broker community because we all have to play in the same sandbox. And so why not in that sandbox behave and do what you're supposed to do ethically? We had our company meeting last night uh, and I talked about lots of things. And one of the things I mentioned to the group was relationships, you know, and, and also success. If you want to be successful, it's more than just money. It's more than just all the, the, the things that you accumulate in life. It's really about how you internally define success, but most importantly, success really is measured by what you give back, okay? Mm -hmm. What you give back is really what is the most important thing. And so at the end of the day, you give good stuff back to your, your peers in the, in the business, you're gonna get it back. When I call somebody, you know, I generally don't have a problem with an agent unless they're a complete, you know, uh, idiot to begin with, but I generally get good response from the broker community because I put that out there when, you know, they call me or I have to do something. Anyway, moving on. Whether you're buying, renovating, or in a legal battle with a landlord, you'll occasionally hear the talk of the C or CFO rather, the C word, or certificate of occupancy. 
And while this legal document isn't exactly the sexiest part of any real estate transaction, there's a whole lot of power in this little piece of paper, so much so that it has clout to win legal cases and negotiations, put the kibosh on your mortgage, and more. And Rachel, I know you've got a lot of experience, as I do, in, in new development. So, you know, what is why is the CO so important, or actually, or TCO so important? I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's... TC- yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, in new development, I think the TCO is really your ability to do the sales. So for brokers, it's the most important part is the TCO, the temporary certificate of mm-hmm. occupancy. And the CO is, is CFO is really more for the attorney and the buyer. So that's not as important because once you have the TCO, it, it's kind of it will lead to the CFO. So it's it's not that important. I always I'm concerned about how long it takes because that will delay the drop dead date in a contract. Um, because the city does inspections. And so to get those certificates, it takes a long time. You have plumbing, electric, all these inspections by the city, which can delay. Um, I'm actually negotiating right now on a new development where it's not built yet in downtown Brooklyn, which is awesome, by the way. It's mm-hmm. next hub of the city. And um, they're due a drop-dead date of a year. And my client's concerned about the CFO and will he be able to close within a year. So he asked for an earlier drop-dead date which they declined. Mm-hmm. Nice try. I understand. Thanks it's for trying. trying. But yeah, well, you know, exactly. listen, yep. I, I just sold a house in Riverdale. I think I mentioned this last week and uh, we're about to have contract sign or whatever and it's a brand new house and so yeah. there are some things that are not finished yet so we don't have a CO or a certificate of occupancy. Uh-huh. So, you know, my buyer right away said, oh my God, oh my God. I said, no, it's okay. You know, they are projecting that we will have it within 60 days. They have to finish the kitchen and a few other minor things because basically, as you said, Rachel, you know, all of the inspections haven't yet been completed to get that piece of paper. Why is it important? Because you really can't close or take title or take ownership until it's been fully inspected by the Department of Buildings. You have a certificate of occupancy, and now you can close on that property, and it is yours. Right. Mm. In new develop, and so that will happen in this particular case. By the time we go through all the stuff that we have to go through, uh, that should be uh, okay. And they don't want to close for sixty or eighty days or ninety days anyway. End of the day, uh, in a brand new development. Um, we have uh, TCO because buildings aren't ready yet uh, and the Department of Buildings can't do their final inspections until all of the work is done. So they allow closings to occur with a temporary certificate of occupancy and that allows people to um, to close before the buildings are finally done. End of the day, some attorneys have issues with a TCO over a CO, but mm-hmm. it works. Right. And, and also it, the tax abatement also. And when the, it kicks in, absolutely. really depends on when the CO is. is absolutely. Given. All right. We'll have more on that uh, at another time because we want to get further into detail on that. We will be right back. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. <laughs> Don't go away. <laughs> Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. Um, I'm here with Perul Brombat from Compass, Rachel Altschuler from Douglas Elliman, Deborah Hoffman, Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren from Compass. All right, so um, let's just see. At this point, it's become try to say Brooklyn is the new Manhattan. I mean, I've been hearing this back and forth, I mean, forever, and then it, 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 should, it just flips back and forth. But with the price differences between the two boroughs shrinking, Brick Underground recently asked 10 New Yorkers if money were no object or prices uh, exactly the same, would you prefer to live in Brooklyn or Manhattan? What do you think the answer is? Brooklyn. Manhattan. Brooklyn. 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 Brooklyn? I said Manhattan. 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 Brooklyn. 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 Okay. But there you go. Two and two. The actual answer is it was an even split. Your panel knows. Your panel knows. I thought Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would have broke that, but I thought Brooklyn because that site attracts a lot of younger people. And for younger people, Brooklyn is the hotspot. Yeah, and not only you know? that, yeah. but I just recently I have a friend who has a beautiful apartment with like an outdoor terrace and and her boyfriend is ins- insistent that he wants to move to Brooklyn and have a little more quiet. But they always come back to Manhattan. That is true. And they love it. They want to be on the island. They really do. I think it affects your social life for sure. I mean, if your friends live in Manhattan, you move to Brooklyn. The trains alone (laughs) are a a deal breaker for me. Especially with the L train situation. Well, now the L train situation coming up, that's going to be a real deal breaker. Anyway, moving on. uh, While some wisely chosen upgrades will boost your potential sale price, it's likely not worth laying out tens of thousands of dollars in months of rental related headaches if your only goal is to raise your apartment's value for an impending sale. This according to some of our broker experts. Is this true? I would say yes. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in a situation where I've, I've spoken with sellers about this and, you know, financially, especially if they're living there, you know, they're going to have to go through the construction. Um, that's not easy to, to live in a construction site. Um, and then, you know, for the amount of money that in aggravation that you're going to put into it, plus what you think you're going to sell it for and that aggravation, um, you know, financially it might not make sense. And it's also good if you have something that's um, a little bit of a value add Mm -hmm. 
Because there's a lot of like pristine apartments out there. There's not many fixer uppers or apartments that need TLC. So if you leave it, it as in as is as in condition, tongue twister right huh. there. Um, then it allows the the purchaser to come in and, and then buy it and then and then do their own renovations prior to moving in. So um, to their I would taste agree with that. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. I, 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 point. I agree with that 100. percent I think what's more important, and we've talked about this forever on the program. I think that's true, but I think if you stage it properly, declutter it and de- and and stage sure. it properly, regardless of you know the need for a renovation, you can still make it livable because the person coming in with vision is going to look at this and say, you know what, I can do X, I can do Y, the space works for me. Uh, It's just a matter of how it shows. I walked into a a place just recently um, to take a listing and, you know, I I literally gasped as I walked in, (laughs) gasped, and I thought, oh my God. And I sold this apartment to this person and I I just kind of looked around, I started smiling and he looked at me, he says, yeah, I know. I, I kind of figured that that was going to be your reaction. I said, <laughs> let me tell you a whole bunch of things here. <laughs> Three weeks later, it's still not on the market because we're cleaning decluttering. and decluttering and fresh we're doing stuff, fresh coat of paint. And, you know, and I'm like, we got to get the photographer in there. You know, come on now, it's almost March. Unbelievable. But Do you, know, you guys remember my steampunk theme listing? <laughs> Your what? Steampunk themed listing. Oh God, it's remind, a whole. Remind. There's a whole episode on that. We'll we'll talk about it later. But I just thought I'd throw that out as a joke. I literally had this guy who had five cats and this apartment Aye. that was that looked like the front door was the door of an actual submarine, and the whole apartment was lit by a thirty foot blimp that was technicolored that you could control with a computer and change the coloring. <laughs> and that was the middle of the apartment. You can't make this stuff you up. You cannot right? make this up. Out. And um, in fact, I got so much press on this listing, it's unreal. I did a Selling New York episode on it. But the day I went to look at yes, it. Yes, you did. Now yeah, I remember Yeah, but the day it. I went to look at it, there were cats and cat litter and, um, you know, 420 smoke smell everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and newspapers piled. I mean, like it was like the grossest place you had ever seen. And to declutter that and then to make it not even something that was something that you can bring on to market, but then to get Wall Street Journal and like all these people. How long like, did that take? So five weeks probably uh, yeah yeah it's crazy. you know it's interesting because i remember that selling new york episode and i remember yes. sitting in my living room watching that thinking oh my god yes what yes. on earth is that you know and it was the craziest thing i mean you know since we're talking about this uh, i went for the pitch and i had just heard the the gentleman whose apartment it was tell me about it and i said to the person who sat next to me at my office and i said hey if I don't come back in like 45 minutes, just call my phone. <laughs> and you walk into this place and the place um, could be boarded off by a big metal, like, and there was a soundproof room oh, yeah, and yeah. all Ooh. the walls were um, painted so that it looked like it was bronze, but it looked like blood dripping down the walls. What did this guy do? So anyway, so I was kind of like, I looked at the place and I was a little creeped out. The guy was like the softest speaking. Those are the vegan. scary ones. Yeah, though. but he was like vegan. Mm-hmm. He, you know, doesn't even hurt animals, let alone. You should not be going people. by yourself to those things. <laughs> Just yeah. He was a really nice guy, to be honest. And he's a writer and a filmmaker. Like so, she's like, too nice. Yeah. <laughs> too nice. Yes, yes. He just yeah, seems yeah. so sweet. He was so quiet. <laughs> what? But you know what? He's wearing Girl. skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But this is an Put extreme. the lotion in the it basket. Was, yeah, this is really an extreme. Yeah, an I mean, extreme. Last yes. week, we just had an it's apartment extreme. go into contract that when I first saw it, the kitchen's 30 years old. The bathroom is almost as old. It, it was going to be vacant. So I said, you know, just throw a fresh coat of paint on it. 
I virtually staged it. And after two weeks, it went into contract for the full price mm-hmm. offer, mm-hmm. all cash. Mm-hmm. So people do want these. You know, so, I don't know if they sure. want this. Of I don't course. know if they want the blimp. <laughs> well, first but. of all, there are people. It's a unique apartment. Yes, yes. Yeah. I know. It well, was just you, funny. Yeah. And, and listen, I've gone Unicorn. on record. <laughs> I've gone on record many times saying unique sells, but sometimes there's unique and sometimes there's unique. Anyway, well, unique got me a lot of press. Yes. Unique got me a lot of I'm, press. That's I'm for sure. sure it did. I, I remember, you know, uh, colleagues of mine at Halstead yes. years ago um, took a listing on the Upper West Side, on Central Park West, rather, and he was, I don't know, in, in some kind of movie business or whatever, producer. Yep. And he had um, lots of artwork in his apartment, and it was all of male penis, all over the apartment. I so yummers. On the bad. She walked in, <laughs> she walked in <laughs> and said, she almost passed out, she and her partner, two, two female uh, brokers, very good friends of mine, and I will never forget, she came back to the office, she was sheet white, and she said, "No, I have to. T- I have to tell him, this can't stay. It's got to go." So we had to take everything down. I mean, I understand one mm-hmm. something, but you have to have, you know, many of the same. I thing. have the same a little bit of a preoccupation. On the, on the maybe what would Freud yeah. have to well, say about this? This was, this was about ten years ago, but I had the exact same apartment, wall to wall, and it yeah. wasn't just was it wallpaper? No, oh. it was. It was pa- this I guy like was that, an art though. dealer. Painting, yeah, he yeah. was an art dealer, yeah, and he also had sculptures. Ooh, so. I had to think quickly, and what I said to him was, <laughs> "I'm has very to go. worried." Like, no, I said, "I'm quick. very worried about your art because <laughs> you and I." No, I said, "You and I both love it, but you and I." Both this is a very hot market. This was, I think, 2005 or something, and I said, "If we have a full open house and somebody backs into something, it's going to get damaged." Oh my and god! This, so I, I, I spoke about the Deborah, damage. They Deborah, did empty. <laughs> Deborah, that's genius. Okay, because I probably would have been a little blunt and said, look, that's got to go. Well, you yeah. know what? Done. This is way too much. Time showing, wait, wait, it took his time showing me the apartment so I had time to think. The years are going and going, what do I say? What do I say? I have to be nice because he, he was a very soft-spoken. And I had Googled him. He was a very, very international successful art dealer. Okay, so the oh, takeaway so, from this conversation yeah. so far is stay away from soft-spoken Yes. Lion. Okay. <laughs> the Bravo. louder, the better. The louder, right. the better. That's what I say. Screamers. <laughs> anyway. Whoa. Moving on. I love, the blip. I love this morning. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. Moving on to Sutton Place on the mm-hmm. east side. Ooh. It's not particularly well known for being an affordable place to live. And that said, a cute one bedroom asking the New York City bargain basement price of six ninety nine offers a glimmer of hope. The co-op uh, last sold, that unit last sold for $534,000 in 2014 and its new owner gave it a little bit of a facelift so now they're putting it on for $6.99 the apartment has an updated kitchen high-end appliances including Viking dishwasher renovated bathroom beam ceilings the broker description calls the apartment charming what does that mean but it also mm, calls it sexy wrong here's, and wrong wrong and wrong and juicy or sexy here's the word sexy again. <laughs> delicious which might be pushing it a bit so I don't know how you can be charming and sexy yeah, in, in one description anyway so my question is are we returning to the six-digit club for one bedrooms no meaning under one million we're not returning it's always been there it's always been there mm-hmm. in that so, neighborhood agreed and the Upper East Side, east of Third, it's always been there. Yeah, but the difference with Sutton is that I don't know about this particular address that you're quoting, but those buildings require 30, 40, 50 percent mm-hmm. down, which yeah. affects yep. the yeah. asking prices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not it strange that that went for mid fives, unrenovated. I'm assuming two, two mm-hmm. years ago, unrenovated right. five thirty four, and we don't know the maintenance. Yeah. I'm no sure. Views, so the maintenance was probably facing. a little higher no, too. No, probably so. not. It's really it's maintenance was fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you okay. go. So the price has to be lower. 
And the thing about Sutton is a lot of people, it was really, really hot in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now when you take people to look at one bedrooms or small two bedrooms in Sutton, they say, they're usually younger people. And they say, oh my God, everyone's 100 years old here. Well, first yeah. of all, it's the middle of the day and everyone who's younger is at work. As at work. Mm-hmm. Or so at school time, or something yeah. like that. And it's so far east that the prices are actually lower. Mm-hmm. Th- these are buildings that should be on Park or Fifth Avenue, but mm-hmm. because of the location. And not only that, I had a buyer that wanted, oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then the board said, well, you have to have liquidity, yes. you know, either in the purchase price or twice or three times the purchase price. And <clears> then it's like, oh. oh I know which but building But you know what? Is. Those buildings yes, do, do seem yeah. to be stuck in a little bit of antiquity in terms of the co-op board. Yeah. yeah. Old in, guard. Yeah, We're talking about the old yeah, guard. Yeah, like, come on. You know, it's yeah. like there's so many other co-ops that you can buy in with that sort of liquidity or that much money down, then maybe it's time for you to change. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. very yeah. true. Yes. There that, really is. That's very true. Absolutely. But why do you think that exists at, you know, in Sutton Place more, say, than any place else? I Rachel mean, just said it. Ageism. Mm-hmm. Ageism. I really think it's ageism. Ah. Yes and no, because ah. I have All known- right, so that changes mm-hmm. over time, though. Maybe. Slowly. It does. And the thing Slowly. is, I spoke with people not in that building we're thinking of, but another mm-hmm. building where I was pitching a listing. And the thing with the co-op board is nobody in the building is interested in replacing them. They say our maintenance has stayed pretty much the same, even though it's a little high. They're running things well. Why should I? Yeah, why should I run against them? And, and the that's old what guard. it really is. Mm. And it being yeah. old guard thinking. You know, it's like when I have, I sometimes forget. And I mean, actually, have, I'm saying this from an empathetic point of view. <clears throat> like, God knows what, what I'm going to be like in like 15 years when my nephew is taking over the world. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he already knows more about computers. And, Mine and is already taking he, over he my can, world. Yeah, he can, he can make <laughs> web pages and he's nine years old, you know? Yeah. So it's like, that's what kids do these days. So I only can look at that and say, I only understand the people who are 20, 25, 30 years older than me. And they think a specific way and Mm -hmm. they're reticent to change um, because that's just the world they know, you know? So maybe it's not as much ageism as it's also just being stuck in a different time period to a certain degree, you know? Which is most co-op boards. It's not just that area. I feel like that's most co-op boards. It's most co-op boards. And I think, you know, over time, and I think what you just said, Parul, you know, 15 years from now, 10 years from now, as we hopefully are all still in the business, I mean, who knows what the the lay of the land is going to be on the co-op side because- It's only spurring the condo market. Yeah. And well, absolutely. Well, yes. well that's what they're doing. The they're helping the condo market. The yeah. millennials 100%. are definitely get, trying to vie for getting onto co-op boards mm-hmm. and really trying to change it and bring it into some sort of modernity. So it's changing. Yeah. You know, it definitely is. It's yeah. changing, and I think yeah. we have a lot more change coming. All right, we have to take a break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America channel. Don't go away. Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. 
Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health, all kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back for our last uh, fourth segment here with Parul, with Niall, with Rachel, and with Deborah. All right, so residential sales for both co-ops and condos slumped this past January. So as we came into 2016 from 2015, um, a sort of an up and down year in 2015. In January, you know, it's it's only one month, but but sales seem to have slumped. Why do you think that is? Have we any particular? There's a number of things. First of all, it's a little bit of seasonality that more fewer people are looking for homes at the end of a year from Thanksgiving on, and fewer apartments are coming on the market. That's number one. But number two, what no one's talking about, and it doesn't hit the papers because it's not great big news. But things have slowed down since the end of last spring. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. But we don't have the real go-go days, especially in the very high end and new development. The market isn't saturated yet, but people are still holding back. People who are on the, I'm putting this in quotes, lower end, who are looking for a 3 to $5 million apartment are saying, I'm not going to overpay. Right now I feel like I'm overpaying. <clears throat> I'm going to wait it out. Yeah, I would call it more of a correction and also a little bit of a wait and see market um, because I think that there's a lot of different factors. Number one, the international market, I think, is slower um, because the dollar is really strong. Uh, I think that affects our market and the currency exchange rate by which somebody is going to buy who's a foreign investor. But that's not gone. It's just slower. Um, I think there's more choices. uh, So people are taking their time versus feeling a rush. And uh, other than that, I I just think, yeah, there's stock market. It's also election year. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on. You know, there's a lot of different variables that are going to affect different people differently. What Deb was talking about, you slowed down a new development. Peru, I mean, you you tried getting into a new development on Sunday, and there was nobody at the building. They weren't even showing a high-profile building. They weren't even high-profile building on a Sunday. All right, so that that was going to be my next topic. So let's expand upon that a little bit. So when you say uh, high-end, high-luxury, what what were the price points in that building? The lowest price point in the building is was four million, and um, the you know, and then most of the apartments are between six, seven to you know, seventy. 
million. And no one was in the building on an open house Sunday kind of couldn't so, even yeah, nice no weather. Yeah. yeah. No, it was wow. sixty degrees. What I have the, what they I, I have the director of sales cell phone number, so I had called and said, "Hey, you know, are you showing today?" And I'm my assumption was you must be so swamped. Yeah, but right. Is there any way you can fit in my client who happens to want to come by right now? Right. And she wasn't in town, and nobody else was showing. I mean, of course, did she's they not advertise in town, an open house or no? No, well, I don't she know. Just called. I, I just oh, called. Oh, okay. Sunday. So I can't fault them if it wasn't but advertised. New, but on a new development, but I mean, a, every new development, I think right. that but any it's a of boutique us, building. How many units in the building? Less than fifty. Yeah, it's a boutique building. Yeah, it's very different. Sold if there's only ten left. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, but I still it's find that unusual, yes. though. Even yeah. if there's three yeah. or four left, I mean, you it's, would have it's, somebody running an if open they're house. not on site. That's that or you're some, not going to be able to just show up at any time. You've been on, on right. site and you get or you're going to be yeah. mobbed on a Sunday with back to back appointments, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And because I have a great relationship here, I was just like, hey, you know, are you showing today? Yeah. Well, there's 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 no doubt. And we've we've mentioned this before in the program, um, you know, as we've come into this year, that the, the Uber luxury high listing price apartments have slowed down considerably mm-hmm. and probably because of what Deb just said, you know, people kind of just taking a wait and see attitude to see where prices may go. I don't want to overpay. But, you know, I I think that if I had something listed, whether it's 10 left out of 26 or 50, whatever the number is, I kind of would want to be available to show that up because you just never know. That price doesn't attract a lot of walk-ins and most of those deals are co-broked. So you're going to get calls and, and appointments. Of course, so of course, I'm not making I'm excuses for them. That's, that's, that's the difference. That's of a one a studio one and twos versus to me, two, three and fours. The simple fours. surprise was yeah. that on a Sunday, on a beautiful Sunday, that they weren't busier. Yeah. That's all. Like as in, if if the feedback was, you know, we've got back. I'm not in town, and my colleague is showing back to back today. Yeah. I understand that. Now, on the flip side of that, in Long Island City, which I was going to bring up before, the prices of new developments are soaring and the apartments are running off the marketplace. Long Island City in Queens. Now, I guess the justification for that is it's a whole different price point. It's not four to ten million dollars. You know, we're talking about five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars and maybe a million, million something for two bedrooms running off the market. And every time something new comes out in that location, the prices seem to be going even higher. Mm-hmm. So maybe that proves our point here where, you know, the different segments of the market are kind of mm-hmm. just testing okay. the waters and see and seeing well, what's happening. And, up. and that's yep. it. And I think that there's a deficit. I know Rachel has brought this up many times on the show before, but there genuinely just isn't enough inventory on the low end because the low end is becoming rapidly obsolete almost in, in, a, in a certain way, especially mm-hmm. in the well, condo the market. development side. Yeah, on because the development side, on the condo building side. Building costs and land costs. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's uh, so anything that falls into bright, shiny, new, potentially condo and still affordable is flying. Which is, is actually spurring the townhouse market in Brooklyn because yes. to get a two bedroom with all the amenities in Manhattan right. is such a different price point yeah. than like a townhouse second floor yeah I mean people will save so much yeah. money doing that and and it's charming and it's quiet and if you're yeah, a family and people want then the twos that and threes. Sense, yeah. they want the twos and threes they don't yeah. want the studios developers don't want to do studios because mm-hmm. their price per square foot is lower yeah. yep that's interesting because I so somebody was telling me the other day they showed a studio that was 700 plus square feet and it was something like a million whatever mm-hmm. and I thought well all right so yeah it's a studio but it's 700 plus square feet which is larger That's a al- lot nice size It's studio. larger than, than most new development one bedrooms one bedrooms in new developments 690 680 yeah. if if even that much in yeah. some cases so that's a big studio mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can consider it a loft, maybe. I don't remember where the building was, but it was downtown somewhere. Anyway, moving on, probably our last topic. Until around the early 1980s, Hell's Kitchen was considered a dangerous place to live. It was like the wild, wild west. And the chairman, chairwoman of the Hell's Kitchen Neighborhood Association, citing crime that was prevalent for decades. It's now one of the safest areas. It's a uh, terrific neighborhood to raise children. Hmm. Some concerns now include not enough parks and playgrounds, too much noise from increasing construction, and too many bars, especially along 9th Avenue. Is Hell's Kitchen becoming a luxury ghetto? First of all, I, I don't know if it's a great neighborhood to <laughs> raise children uh, with all those bars. Um, and, it's and, a, it, and it's a walk. Nobody knows it better than you. And then, it's a so. walk to uh, the I subway. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them how you really feel. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's like, come on, to raise children in Hell's Kitchen? I don't yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. I have dear friends who live there. Uh, it's, this it's, is why you don't believe news and, our, and what you read. Well, not only yeah. that, can I, okay, I'm going to, this. I didn't believe the, the article, that's Thank why I wanted to talk about it. I really didn't get it. Yeah, I know. It's like, what is with Trulia and Zillow and the way they aggregate information that is so utterly wrong? Thank you for making brokers that much more important. But... Oh, my God. I mean, seriously, speaking of just like bad news out there, uh-huh. it's just I mean, if you even run a search, if you even look at what they say, like the the comparable price of the an estimates be, are yeah, way off. They're so this ridiculous. But they're off throughout the country. They're and people kind of, don't realize. Yeah, that. They're comical. They really are. They're way actually off. quite comical. Anyway, enough said. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's. I, I will say it's a it's a very um, changing neighborhood. It continues to change. I just think the housing stock there is not, you know, like lots of other neighborhoods. I don't know that the schools there are, you know, on par with some of the the other neighborhoods. There is a lot of new development there, but there's also a lot of rentals. So I don't know about families. Um, Where'd you know, you get that news story from? <laughs> I got it That's off a... of the New York City government site. I mean, so I of course I propaganda. Wanted, I wanted to talk about it because I really didn't believe yeah. that it was. Uh, you know, and like I said, the um, what was it? The I mean, and, and to, to chairwoman from the Hell's Kitchen Neighborhood Association sites. Of course, I think it's a great social neighborhood. Yes. I think it's a great place to live. I think that uh, there's great restaurants. There are great, great restaurants. Yeah, it, I, I think it's very livable, and it's a great neighborhood. There's nothing to knock, but to to plug that for raising families is probably taking it well, a Well, I had too just far. read an article that the hottest new neighborhoods, my client sent this to me and I was like, oh, interesting. Tell me all. And it was like, Far Rockaways, East Harlem, Sunset Park, the hot new the neighborhoods. This weekend. And I'm like, it may be hot in 10 years, but it's not hot now. Far it's Rockaway, far from, Yeah, transportation is so bad. <laughs> the schools are, you know, it's everything. It's Rockaway, like, but what it's are far, you far saying that that's the hottest new neighborhood? <laughs> Crazy. Well, you know, that's because it was on the front page, <laughs> the front page of the Times real estate section. Yeah. And that's why everyone believes it. But that's where people are going when they they're priced out of these neighborhoods. It's not doesn't necessarily mean it's the hottest new neighborhood. It's a very big difference. And there. Far Rockaway, very honestly, those are not Manhattanites. I know who's moving there. They're people from other parts of Queens mm-hmm. who want something brand new and more affordable. Mm-hmm. Listen, just like anything else in life, there's a hat for everybody. If that's that, right. Far Rockaway hat fits on somebody's head or East Harlem hat fits on somebody's head, go have at it. You know, one of the nicest things about being in this business, and we'll end on this note, is that we have a lot of diversity in in what we do, whether it's neighborhood people, you know, school choices, you know, whatever. So we have to be, you know, fluent in all of it. We have to be educated and and smart about all of it because we have to, you know, (laughs) advise our customers and our clients. And, you know, sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. And sometimes we listen to them. Yeah. 
On that note, that is Good Morning New York for this week. Thanks for joining us. Once again, you can catch the show anytime on podcast or on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 